Welcome to the 21st episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and professional raptor impersonator, Adrian Pinter. How's it going, buddy? General Kenobi, are you going to leave that, like, 15-second pause in there? No. Hmm. No, I'm not. In fact, actually, the audience will be able to tell that there isn't a 15-second pause in there. It, first of all, it wasn't 15 seconds. It might have felt longer to you because you're right here in front of me. But it wasn't actually 15 seconds. I couldn't remember what I was going to say. Actually? Yeah, that's actually <laughs> uh, why that happened. So uh, okay. The professional raptor impersonator, I didn't quite remember that that was what I was going to say because you have a professional raptor impersonation. That's true. I actually have a role in the new Jurassic World movie coming out in 2022. Right. You are you do the voiceover for raptor number three. No, for blue. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, that goes. They to... gave me the lead role, the lead raptor role. I don't believe so. I think it's Nolan North. Nolan North is doing the. No, no. He's Nolan too bu- North is taking number three. Yeah, he's taking raptor number, number three. three. Yeah, he's too busy for the main role. He's... Nolan North, uh, you know, best known for his role as Nathan Drake in the famous series Uncharted. Uncharted. He's also best known for his role as the janitor in Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Best known. He's also best known for. He's it. also he's best not, known for that. He's. <laughs> He's he's not that you know what best known for yeah, is yeah yeah okay he's also best known for that role okay okay Adrian. you ever watch Nancy Declassified School Survival I did Guy? I did the Atomic Survival Flush Guy. the Atomic Flush yeah I once tried to perform that it turns out doesn't work quite as well as you'd think when you flush all the toilets in your home at the same time you know what happens they all flush at the same time no there's not enough water for some of the toilets believe it or not so they can't fill up I tried it oh. I got my family to do it as a to indulge me as a child I was like can you please go to the toilet number three downstairs and flush it when I when I say go I'm gonna yell really loud flush and then everyone flushed the toilet some question, of them didn't, question some of them didn't flush uh, d- did you name your bathrooms in your home did you have like bathroom one bathroom two bathroom Bathroom three. Yeah, I was a real professional. I had a board. I had a board with lines going through. You know, like the you know, like Christopher Nolan created for Tenet to keep track of all the Tenet, plot lines. Yeah. I, that's how that's exactly what I had to set up the atomic <clears throat> flush problem. Yeah. Like Ned, actually, in Ned's declassified school survival guide. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Tenet? Tenet? Tenet. Tenet, yeah. Yeah, you heard me. Tenet. Yeah. Tenet. Well, how are you, Adrian? I'm uh I'm hungry. I'm very hungry. Every week now you're hungry. Well, Simon You gotta come here prepared. I know. Do you not know we were doing a podcast? Dude, I forget every t- every day. And then you're like, oh man, I gotta get the Simons. Damn yeah. it, I didn't eat sushi. Oh man, I could really go for some sushi right now. I feel like any food I would have said, you would have said, I could really go for that right now. Not if you said... Potato wedges. No, I love potato wedges. I'm not a maniac. Everyone loves potato wedges. Oh, I got a good one. Pierogies. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I want pierogies? Well, there was that story a couple weeks ago. We're not going to get into that here. But audience member, you can go back to episode 18, was it? Yeah. And listen to what happened to Adrian's stomach. There was a lot of No, no, no. Involved. Let's not get through. (laughs) We talk about poo too often on this show, and I feel like we should- It's not my fault. We should be more mature. Okay. 
How are you? I'm good. I'm okay. You mean I'm it? Okay. It's a it's an odd time. There was a lockdown now in in Toronto. Toronto for COVID yeah. due to COVID nineteen. The and pandemic. Ottawa, right? Is Ottawa locked down or is it just Toronto and Peel region? It's just Tr- Toronto and Peel, isn't it? Mm. Is Ottawa now locked down? Ottawa was so. Ottawa was in the red before, like at the same time as them. Maybe they're just handling it better. I don't recall if they are, but you know, I don't know. I think we could be eventually. We're in Guelph, Ontario. Yeah, the little little town of Guelph. Yeah, I mean, like Waterloo region is now in the red, uh, starting Monday. Ooh, and if the trend continues, which it very much seems like it will, considering we both work in retail, and uh, today was bananas. Yeah, it's crazy how many people are wanting just TVs. Dude. I honestly have sold more TVs. I swear, like this time last year, you know, gearing up for Black Friday. I swear I did not sell this many TVs. Yeah, I, have, I agree. I'm, with you. I'm a leader. I'm not now. even supposed to be selling anything. Yeah, man. I'm just doing sales. Yeah, I should brutal. be leading the floor. It's an odd one. It's an odd one. People. I love, enjoy work. I enjoy work. People need TVs. It's a necessity. It's an essential service, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, man. I do the mobiles. The mobile devices. Ring a ring ring. Hello. Oh no. I have COVID. That's why it's essential. That's me answering my cell phone and being told I, I have COVID. That's how essential phones are. Actually, phones are actually quite essential. Yeah, they are. That is actually not really even a joke. No. <laughs> that no. actually is kind of important. The yeah. TV is not really necessarily explainable. Unless you have a PlayStation 5, in which it is definitely essential. We can get like a... You don't already have a TV? Who? What person doesn't actually just own a TV already? It's probably pretty rare. Like even just a 32-inch TV. You know what I mean? I don't know. Unless probably, you're like a like, TVs. You're like, I don't want to watch TV. Or homeless. It's, it's funny. Actually, we come back around. We're, we actually talk about TV. Oh, man. When did you go there? <laughs> Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but I don't think a homeless person is coming into, you know, uh, like a TV electronic shop. I'm not going to name the place. And uh, buy a TV. No, they do. They might not buy one, but they'll be there. But I was going to say, actually, TV, it out TV and film podcast talking about selling TVs. It seems like it's all it's all coming together. It's we're all really, connected, Really baby. meshing this all together. We're so great I, at this if podcast. If I have to really thing. say that, maybe it's not actually being meshed together. But, you know, tell me, Adrian. Do you have any corrections to mention about last week? If I do, I don't remember. Oh, I do actually. Do you actually? Maybe. Oh man, I just that was a shot in the dark. So every uh, if you're what not did aware, I talk about last week? You want to listen to the podcast on the podcast? Yeah, I'll be right here back. And, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll be and right then back. you can determine. If you're and not aware, we're back. We're back. I just listened to the entire episode. I was talking through that moment. Uh, just so you're aware, we do show corrections every week, clarifications, just to make sure that we are accurate on our show. And if we can, you know, lend any kind of light to what we were talking about last week, we try and do so on the next podcast. Adrian, do you have anything? Oh yeah, not really a correction, but a clarification. New Mutants finally released on on VOD. Oh right, you forgot to mention that in your well, segment. New releases for I got I got new releases for you. Right. Uh, however, not really because I already mentioned it when it went to theaters. I'm new Mutants, of course, being the Fox purchased or I guess Disney purchase of Fox that led to the final Mutants X Men movie in the X Men Mu- franchise. That was the yeah. worst way I could have possibly vocabulary that that. Oh man, my head hurts. Probably because yeah. you're hungry. But but yeah, mm. New Mutants uh, didn't do very well. They ended up being on like 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I was really I was, hopeful for it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, me too, man. Well, especially when they like when they announced, like, the director's like, this is my cut. This is, the, the studio had nothing to do with this. This was my cut entirely. Right, and, yeah. And uh, I'm excited to make more of these if this does well. It didn't do well. It did not do well, baby. I was tempted to watch it, but then I just didn't this week. Take a guess as to what it was on Rotten Tomatoes there, Adrian. Was it 28? No, it wasn't 28. Was it 19? You know what is 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, though? Yes. Batman v Superman. Exactly. This is a good movie. Tell me what this one is. 32. You're exactly right. It was 32%. It's actually better than Batman v Superman. So maybe it is good. Who knows? Who knows? Our rule again... Just for the audience out there that you know may or not not have heard us say this, 
If it's below 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, probably bad. Probably, probably bad. Yeah, probably but bad. if it's above 90%, probably good. we're very much like going to like it. I don't think we've ever not liked a movie that was over 90%. Yeah. You might be able to correct me. No, I don't I don't think so. I can't think of one. That's fair. That's the fair. only... Was Sausage Party over... No, I think Sausage Party was in the 80s. I think that was like the, the, the closest one where I was like... Mm. It was close. It was close. You really did not like Sausage Party. Nah. It wasn't quite a throw a bagel at the wall after you see the movie type of scenario like X-Men Apocalypse. No. You know, go into your trunk, take a... Weird bagel. I don't know why you had a bagel in your trunk. Because we were at uh, Canada's Wonderland Before that, that day. Yeah. Oh, I see. And you you brought a bagel? Maybe I was there the day before. You know, like, saying that you were at Canada's Wonderland the day before, by the way, which is a theme park in Canada near Vaughan, Ontario. I, I don't see how the, the bagel is related to Canada's Wonderland. Well, I wanted a snack while I'm there. I, I like The food's expensive at Canada's Wonderland. If I can just walk out to my vehicle, grab a nice bagel and yum it. You know, I, I may as well do that. Yeah, okay. It's mm-hmm. 82%, by the way, on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay. Party, so it does not break our rule. Yeah, fuck 90% that. 90% and up is usually phenomenal. And we believe that it's usually great. We do agree. I swear too much? We agree with Rotten Tomatoes. Sorry? Do I swear too much? In general or on the podcast? I don't know. We don't talk outside this podcast, so you wouldn't know. But I, yeah, I guess on the podcast. No, it's fine. Thanks. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. My mom disagrees. So I was just curious. Oh, she mentions that you swear too yeah. much on the podcast? Yeah, in person. I, I welcome. I love your podcast, but you swear too much. Did she listen to every episode of every the podcast? Every single episode. Religiously, like Ken. Yeah. Like Ken Estatabauer. So she actually texted me about last week's episode. You destroyed my segue, by the way. I was just going to go into Ken Estatabauer's <laughs> yeah, email, and you just completely derailed me. <laughs> completely. But anyways, yeah, what did she say? That's, I don't want to be rude. Um, Cut off your mom. So, like, yeah, she, so she texted me this on Wednesday morning. So she listened, she, I guess, was listening to the podcast and just texted me. We so release an episode every Monday, by the way. Every just single for Monday. viewers out there. Listeners out there that may not listen every week. Um, so I'll leave out any of the parts that are unrelated to the podcast. But she, you know, like starts like, good morning, love, blah, 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 blah. I listened to your podcast. I forgot you told me you've met Mads Mikkelsen. Mikkelsen? Mikkelsen. You know what's weird about Mikkelsen. that? We decided it was Mikkelsen during that episode, and I still called him Mikkelsen at a point. That's a clarification right there. <laughs> it's definitely Mikkelsen, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, so she... so Well, actually, it may not be. That's just what people seem to call him in Hollywood. Let's mm. just say that. So she wrote, I forgot you told me you've met Mads Mikkelsen. How awesome is that? <laughs> he's a very good actor. Like him a lot. We saw him as the villain in Casino Royale. Great movie. And he was great in the role of Ivo Le Chiffre. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Sure. Another movie I can recommend is The Salvation, a Western from 2014. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but we watched it there with your father a couple of years ago. It also stars Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Ava Green, who is who acted alongside him in Casino Royale. And she goes, I don't know why I'm suggesting movies to you. Bad habit, I guess. <laughs> because apparently I don't watch any of the movies she suggests me. So a little bit of a jab there. Uh, <laughs> and then she goes, not so long ago, we watched a movie called After the Wedding with Julianne Moore, Michelle Williams, and Billy Crudup in the lead roles. It was also a great movie, and I just found out that there is a Danish version, originally, of course, of that same movie starring Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, okay. And then she writes, for every successful European blockbuster movie, there has to be a Hollywood remake. And yes, his name is pronounced the way they said it on the audio clip, Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Um, Another pronunciation correction is 
Milos Forman's first name is Milos. I think you maybe pronounce it Milos. Uh, that's my bad. I yeah, Milos. What the hell was that? Yeah, thinking? like yeah, you Milos would say Foreman, the the author of no, not the author. Sorry, the director. The mm-hmm. director for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Uh, He was born in Czechoslovakia, nowadays Czech Republic, then immigrated to the USA. He died in 2018. Some of his movies she saw were Hair, Valmont, People vs. Larry Flint, and Man on the Moon. All great movies. She never watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Cuckoo's Nest, though. Jesus, I just had a stroke. But aware that Jack Nicholson won an Oscar for his role in the movie, and Milos Foreman for Best Director, and the movie itself, Best Picture. Interestingly... Yes. Her and I, I'm, she wrote you and I, but it's she's talking to me, so her and I. Yeah, I get it. Saw another movie together in the good old days, for which Jack Nicholson also won Best Actor Oscar for, As Good As It Gets. Yes. Which is a really great movie. Helen Hunt won Best Actress uh, in that picture, but it did, the movie... Uh, didn't win Best Picture. That went to Titanic and uh, James Cameron. Oh, so a little, a uh, little lesson, a little readers, reader mail, reader mail to your text message inbox. To my text message inbox. Interesting. I love you, Mom. I I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you, Marta Pinter. Yeah, for your insight. Yeah. Let's reach back into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us, just like Marta Pinter did, with comments. Questions and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to spillfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Saddlebar wrote into us once again. And he said, why are you doing this? Why are you cracking your knuckles in the microphone? Come on. Be professional. I just wanted to set it up. By the way, you do this often. You can hear this in the podcast if my, you listen closely my knuckle cracking yes i'm come on. sorry man i'm an addict okay then kenna statobauer said to us casters of pods i can't believe you guys aren't excited to see the quiet place universe personally i'm stoked to see a quiet place 4 a mad max style movie with a marauding horde of librarians on segways ellen mirren with shush tattooed on her forehead leading them hunting noise demons with crossbows Interesting choice for the classic review. Curious about your take on Citizen Kane. Many of the older movies are a treat to see again or for the first time. Others, I'm looking at you, Bride of Frankenstein, are utter shite that don't live up to their hype. What movies from your childhood hits totally different meow? You can't? No, he said meow. It's written here. It's, I just read it verbatim. Signed, Kenneth, and he's got a quote here. The Norse Thunder God was riding across the fjords on his favorite steed, shouting, I'm Thor. I'm Thor. Finally, his horse turned around and said, Of course you're Thor. You forgot your thaddle, Philly. A quote by Ken's dad. Oh, that's, that's so nice. Hi, Ken's dad as well. That's Ken. What movies from my childhood hits totally different meow? Before we get to that, Aristocats. Oh, interesting. No, I just said that because it's a Because of the movie. meow? Yeah. yeah. I love Aristocats, though. You like Aristocats? I don't remember it at all. Oh, that's a really good movie. I swear I've seen it, but... I was just going to say, just to give a little bit of a, a setup here, we did talk about A Quiet Place. Last week. Last week. Yeah. And how Jeff Nichols is going to be directing the third movie, I guess, in the franchise, or a spin-off movie for A Quiet Place, based on an idea from John Krasinski. And we talked about, or you talked about, how you weren't super excited because you're kind of confused as to how they can really keep going with this series. I think I'm, I am interested. I, I know that Ken is joking here about Helen Mirren with Shasha tattooed on her forehead, but I think that they can do something interesting if John Krasinski truly did have a great idea, as I kind of mentioned last week. The other thing to, I guess, call attention to is that we did promise that we would watch Citizen Kane Mm-hmm. for next week's episode. Yeah, we are going to watch that. Because then we're going to watch Mank, the David Fincher-created film, uh, based upon the, really, it was based upon the true story of the making of Citizen Kane many years ago. 
It's actually filmed in black and white. Looks pretty, pretty cool. I'm excited for it. David Fincher makes some pretty awesome movies, and uh, I don't think this is an exception based on the reviews. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be pretty cool. So, yeah, we talked about briefly that he made a four-year deal with Netflix as well. Yeah, we did, Which yeah. is pretty cool. I guess they saw really good things in Mank. And he also does Mindhunter, right? Yeah, he yeah. Uh, executive produces Mindhunter. I think he directed a few episodes. He initially started off the Netflix-created shows, actually, with House of Cards. And oh. that first season, he's directed many of the episodes. It is noticeable. The first season is arguably the best out of the seasons in House of Cards. I don't want to talk too much about House of Cards because of the main actor in it unfortunately yeah robin uh, wright oh she's amazing by the way (laughs) isn't robin wright she's fantastic she's fantastic yeah i really like robin wright but yeah uh, i don't know what movies from my childhood hit totally different it's funny actually i was thinking about i always kind of kind of think about this and we always talk about or i've brought up before the mcdonald's ball pit kind of concept where it's like this nostalgia kind of idea Mm mm-hmm when you watch it, you kind of feel like, again, you can smell the smelly socks of a McDonald's ball pet. You know, yeah. the memories of a child. Mm-hmm. And I find that uh, I always kind of think about Teddy Ruxpin and yeah, how it's a serialized show. And I don't know, it's not a movie, but I just, that, I always like the idea of a serialized animated show. And that's not super crazy now, but it's from like the 90s. And so that concept of this bear and uh, this weird scientist dude and stuff going on this adventure across the, the land. When I watched it again, or watched an episode again, I had to shut it off because I'm like, I'm ruining this. I'm ruining this. The other one that's kind of weird, actually, this is this is a movie, is the movie Jack Frost. Do you remember the Jack, Jack Frost fondly? Mar- uh, uh, what was I going to call you? Martin? I don't know. <laughs> Who's Martin? <laughs> Adrian? Yeah. I'm losing my mind here. I did watch the Jack Frost movie. Uh, I don't recall liking it, though. Oh, I did. I liked it as a, as a child. The star is Michael Keaton. I know it played all the time on uh, Teletoon here in Canada. Okay. Yeah, like I, I enjoyed it as a child, but I didn't realize how bad it was. How bad is it, was. Simon? It's 19% on Rotten Tomatoes, which completely, when I looked at that, I was so shocked. I'm like, I'm never watching this again. But it doesn't fall under a rule. Still above 10%, baby. It is. It is. But that's so low. You think it's going to ruin it? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't watch it again. Ah, uh, too bad, man. You should Teddy try. Teddy Ruxpin could be good, potentially, as well, but I feel like I thought serial dramas or... Well, it's not really a drama, but a serial animated TV series, I think I had a inkling that that, that was very serialized, but I have a feeling that it isn't actually that serialized. It's, there just wasn't that many great serialized shows at that time, especially as I was a kid, or what yeah. I even watched. So I don't know, man. I can't really think of any movie that I really, really loved as a kid and... When I watched it older, I, it kind of ruined it for me. Maybe like I just don't. Well, maybe I Star Wars, like the like the prequel trilogy, because I really loved the Star Wars prequel trilogy as a kid. And then when I grew up and I rewatched um, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, I still right. really love Revenge of the Sith. But I, I remember like Phantom Menace being like, man, this movie is like kind of a mess um, at some points. And again, uh, you always mentioned the wee scene. Oh, yeah. the heck out of me. That's why I believe that that series legitimately gets better as it goes until, um, until The Rise of Skywalker. It's uh, not really true completely, of course, because I feel like it does do like a little bit of peaks and valleys as it goes across. But I find that the worst one is Phantom Menace, except for the, the ending. It's, it is a, well, not the very ending. And that, again, he blows up the space station by accident. It will always bother me that he blows up the space station by accident. But in A New Hope, they go through all this effort to blow up the space station. It just illegitimizes the whole effort they made to blow up the Death Star, in my mind, to some extent, because a small child. They're all having problems, these professional pilots, but the small child flies into the space station by but he accident. he was the chosen one. But he was just... He you was, said it, Kenobi. He you was said so it, General foolish. Kenobi. He was so foolish. And then the Wii, right, being lifted into the pod racer. 
And he goes, we. Like, what are you doing? You're going to be going real fast right after this. You should probably say we the whole time. Yeah. You're going literally real fast, buddy. <laughs> anyway, um, but I don't know. Like, I still me. I still like Phantom Menace. But again, yeah, Attack of the Clones, when I rewatched that, I was like, holy shit, this movie's boring. Uh, I don't mind it because um, I think it's... I like the world building aspect, but I do find that... Yeah, I think it. I still think it goes up until I don't know. I just find it funny. Um, like those movies are like meant for children, technically, quote unquote. Like George Lucas is like, oh, I made this movie for kids. It's like you're talking about trade routes and you know, like the government and all this stuff. Did like, he say that it was made for kids? Yeah, so I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, that like that, that's his like argument. That like Star Wars is made for children initially. Oh, okay, um, and that was like his argument against the uh, criticisms of the prequel trilogy. That, that argument I don't recall, but all right. Um, I don't know. Ken, correct us. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty certain I remember that. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe that. But again, I still I still like them. Like, I still like Phantom Menace. I still like Attack of the Clones enough. Like, I would watch Attack of the Clones again. The, right. the beginning of that scene when Anakin kills all those uh, the sand people. I don't know. I can't think. My brain. That was the end of the movie, almost. Yeah, it's about it's three like quarters of the way through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought you said at the beginning. I like the beginning, the first, like, 20 oh, minutes. I see, yeah. I like that 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 piece when he like finds his mother, and then I like the last twenty minutes as well, despite it being like a CGI mess. Yeah, the, um, the weird thing to me that movie, the worst thing about it, in my opinion, is Hayden Christensen's acting, or not even his acting, but the writing he's given to act on, because he's not a really that professional of an actor at that point. He gets so much better in Revenge of the, Revenge Sith. Of the Sith. Did I agree? It's so different. It's not even close. He's not perfect in Revenge of the Sith either, but I just find this it's like night and day. There's moments where it's just cringy to watch him, unfortunately. Yeah, man, the the I hate sand. It's coarse and rough and gets in your butt crack or right, whatever the line but is. <laughs> right, that that line though, I feel like that doesn't do him any favors because he's not no, pro. Man. Like if it was like let's say it was I don't know why I thought of this, but I guess because of Mank, but Gary Oldman. If Gary Oldman was I think he could act the phone book and it would be compelling. Yeah. I don't think Hayden Christensen at that point in his career could do that, and so that was the issue. But I, I don't know, man. Like even like Natalie Portman and she's a phenomenal actress. Like Right, yeah, she wasn't great either, but yeah, it wasn't her fault. Yeah, it's just like this the shoddy dialogue and we yeah. like this we should just rename this the star wars podcast because we talk about star wars every freaking episode yeah We've the mandalorian bash- by the way uh, you watched great. up to this point yeah we're, we're gonna do a Watch definitely this a spoiler cast type episode uh, a closer look closer look at the end of the season you watched it this morning eh yeah yeah we're gonna go too deep because we don't want to spoil anything but isn't it amazing it's really good man i'm really enjoying it it's crazy the writing in that is not shoddy that's for sure yeah it's just fun it's just really it fun that's the mcdonald's ball pit yeah perfect the perfect example it just brings all the again that's the i guess that question of what movie from your childhood hits different i guess the concepts of a new hope and empire are kind of embellished in the mandalorian and that's what makes the mandalorian so awesome in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways so yeah cool what have you been watching other than the mandalorian there adrian uh so last week we talked a little bit about the show ted lasso oh yes we did and I said, maybe I'm going to watch this this week. I watched all 10 episodes. All 10? Yeah. Well, that was quick. Yeah. I was surprised with the PlayStation 5 having come out. You even had time. Every single time I ate, that's what I watched. Okay, cool. It's short, too, because it's half-hour episodes. Yeah, man. It's, comedy. it's perfect. It's perfect. The I watched, show is perfect? Look, the, the amount of time. The show is fantastic. Yeah. I really, really love it. you don't it. like sports. No, man. It's... The sport's so backburner. It's a, it's a setting. It's like this this team, this disgruntled team. A little bit. They, there's, there's barely some, any sports. There, in it. There's some. There's a lot of sports references throughout, though. I, I feel yeah. like uh, a sports fan would get a kick out of the references. That's yeah. what I'll say. Like a football fan, a European football fan. Football. 
or American football for that matter. Yeah, we got to get a kick out of it uh, specifically. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's you. You were right. It is an absolute delight, to especially watch. in COVID time and during this pandemic. The optimism is needed, dude. I I agree completely. I was I found myself smiling ear to ear, yeah, so often. And I don't. I feel like I don't do that in shows. Like you know, it's either you laugh or you cry or you get like frustrated. But I literally was sitting there just smiling at the screen, watching what happens, and it it's so well done. The characters are all so three dimensional. Um, they're all interesting to watch. Even the characters you don't like, you still like. Right, yeah. In a way. So my favorite relationship in that show is the relationship between uh, Keely and Rebecca. So yeah. So Keely uh, played by Juno sure. Temple and uh, Rebecca played by Hannah Waddingham. Who, who owns the team? Yeah. The uh, AFC Richmond, specifically. Uh, and, you know, uh, Keely is just, she's dating one of the, the players. And when they start, like, having these little talks, it's just so cute, like, how different they are, but how well they get along. And right, yeah. I don't know. I was like, I was sitting there thinking, I feel like maybe I've mentioned this before, but like in a lot of shows, there's a lack of realistic or what I think to be relatively realistic, like relationships between women. It's almost always like, oh, these women hate each other. And they're talking, yeah, like they're just talking shit, you know, and like always about other things or about other people, but they're like really good friends. And there's something just absolutely delightful watching them play off each other and how different they are and how they constantly brought each other up. It's, it's just a very nice show to watch at all times. Ted Lasso, like you mentioned, the most optimistic guy. He's the coach for the team that gets uh, brought over. Uh, I don't want to go too deep from into it. From the United States. Yeah, from he the He was initially US. a football coach, and he gets hired on as a European football coach. Yeah. Which is just such a weird weird thing to have happened. And the, the cool thing was, initially when I started watching, I was like, why would this have happened? This doesn't seem realistic. But then you find out why, and it makes it even more interesting. It it's, does. There's something about underdog stories as well, and he's clearly an underdog, and he loves it. He's okay with being an underdog. It doesn't bother him, and it's kind of inspiring that way too. Yeah. No, I, I agree completely, man. Uh, all the characters are just so lovable, and I don't know. I just love how all the characters play off each other. There's a, there, there's a one guy, his name's Sam in the, in the show, and he's uh, from Zimbabwe, I believe. I forget exactly which country he's from. Some, somewhere in Africa. Maybe I'm just saying Zimbabwe and being totally racist. But uh, I, it's a country in Africa. And he is part of the team. And there's like one scene in particular where I just fell in love with his character. Is uh, It's in one of the earlier episodes. They're walking down like the red carpet, quote unquote, for uh, some sort of gala. And, you know, the paparazzi start p- taking pictures of uh, everyone. And he's like, oh, my goodness, like you're taking pictures of me. And he gets so excited. and He starts posing and smiling in front of yeah. the camera while everyone else is just walking. And uh, there's like so much. You can see that there's so much gratefulness in 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 his character and being in the position he's in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just there's a lot of de- depth. That's a good point. Actually, you make. I was just thinking about that too. Like the depth and detail mm-hmm. in terms of a lot of the the aspects of the team, the characters, the, even the the chance. There's they have specific chance for certain players that just come to mind now. Like that they already, I don't know, something that existed and you're thrown into this world. It's one of the reasons why a new hope is arguably also better regarded than Phantom Menace in that you're thrown into this magical world, really, that you're not familiar with. And the Phantom Menace, they do things like explain away how the Force is made, which is frustrating for some fans because the magic is in maybe not knowing some of that unknown of the Force being something that doesn't necessarily need to be explained. So being thrown into this world and having these characters all fleshed out but not really knowing everything about them is cool because as you get to the second and third season... 
we're just going to see more and more of these interesting characters and how they play off of each other. Yeah, I can't wait to see more. I, I genuinely can't wait to see more. I highly recommend it. It's 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 a surprising gem. Like it's not something that's been done too often before, too. It's weird. No. It's such a good idea. I don't know. It's cool. Yeah, it's a fish out of water scenario and that that fish is the nicest fish known to man. Yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah. I I really do love it. And it's cool because although he is like such a nice person he's not perfect by any means there's right, no. so many little layers and you mentioned how like you teared up throughout the show yeah i teared up as well but i wasn't expecting to like quite literally cry like five episodes in you know what i mean like so you did you yeah. cried five episodes yeah in. Wow. man and cool. i was like i i was like i'm you know i'm enjoying it but i wasn't like i didn't realize how attached i was it was until, like happy tears it feels like inside out type tears no you know no like it was actually sad tears oh uh, okay. that i cried um i think there was sad tears for me too it's been a little yeah while. Th- there are like happy tears as well but i don't know right, yeah it's i think i know what you're talking about yeah sad tears you're talking yeah, about yeah man, okay. it broke me and um it's just a very well balanced are we just show. fragile because of COVID? is that what's happening maybe here? maybe, maybe. <laughs> i don't know but um but yeah it's just a very well balanced show uh and i i can't recommend it enough if you have an iphone uh, 11 or 12 you get a year of apple tv plus for free well it might be expiring shortly but yeah oh no they, you're you know you're probably still good until february yeah man extended it, the term and if you didn't take advantage of the offer you still have yeah just months. activate it now yeah good call. yeah apple so. tv plus also is on a lot of different places like it's mm-hmm. it's pretty cool how apple's opened up their api to allow streaming makes me so streaming happy. service to be on makes as many so platforms happy. as they can even the playstation 5 which is honestly a little bit of a shock that's my it favorite launched with the apple tv plus. yeah man it's that's how you watch things. it actually exactly yeah so I'm very, uh, I'm very happy about it. I, I, I really cool. love that show. I'm, I'm happy. I'm bummed like that it. it, like, I'm bummed that I got to wait for season two. I know. I took my I, time I, with it. Yeah. Actually, I binge it in five days or six days. Yeah, I really took my time. I only finished it like a few weeks ago, and I had talked about it. I don't know how many podcasts about ago, like ten, mm-hmm. ten ago. So I, I took my time with it because I, I really did feel like it was a gem, and it's, it's a needed, a needed TV series. At this time, I find more than anything, and I and I just find that it's so silly. Like I didn't put it in the news, but it was a recent news article about like Judd Apatow making a, a pandemic comedy about the pandemic. Do I want this? No. No. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not gonna watch that. I don't think. Unless it's gonna be like a ninety percent of Rotten Tomatoes. It's really well regarded by everybody, and it's really funny. I, I don't know. I guess it's gonna be funny anyway. But like, I, I really like Judd Apatow stuff. Yeah, like, me too. I, I like the vast majority of the things he's come out with, but. Just, I don't want this. I want to forget. That is Songbird. Songbird. Like, yeah. I, don't like, know I want to forget want that this. I'm in a goddamn pandemic and I want something to like bring me up. I want to be smiling. And now, now that I'm done Ted Lasso, I don't know what I want to watch. Like it's it's one of these like I, I know, could watch. To me too, actually. To I don't honest. know. I could go back and watch Westworld season three, but again, it's like there's so many of these shows. Even like Fargo season four, which I, I, it's I think finishing in two weeks. Like I want to watch those, but it's like, am I in the mood to be in this world right now? Like I just want something like. Comedy, something. I want. I want to laugh. I want to have like a yeah. good time. I don't want to be sitting there and being like, for Westworld especially, like sitting there and being like, "What the fuck is going on right now?" Like, I find know. that Westworld season three is the least confusing That's of good. the series of the seasons. Yeah. I should say. I don't know. I love season one and two. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just need something something else that's light. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I get it. Yeah, uh, I've also uh, continued to watch Umbrella Academy. I'm now on season two. Cool, man. A few episodes deep into that. I'm not going to talk too uh, much about this once I finish it. I will. It's really good, man. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. And season two does something that I did not expect at all. And it's really cool what they're doing with it. Um, 
Again, I don't want to go into too much detail. Sorry, what episode did you say you were on? I think I'm about four or five episodes into season two. How many two. episodes are there in season ten. two? Oh, ten okay, ten cool. episodes each season. Season one and season two, I think. Uh, maybe there's more in season two, and I just didn't realize it. There's ten episodes in se- season one. There's some great characters. There's some cringy stuff in it here and there, but uh, Robert Sheehan, who I know uh, from Misfits, which is a British uh, like comedy series. Right. Uh, he's in the first couple seasons of that show. He really is the all-star in in this show. He just does such a good job like acting and playing this interesting character that you like to watch. I highly recommend it. I think I think you might like it. It's light enough to be enjoyable. It's still like the, the premise is like the world's going to end in a few days. Like we got to stop this, but it's also very light and uh, comedic. It's a family of like six people that that were taken from birth. They they all had like a like a Jesus type birth and this rich uh, billionaire or millionaire gets them all, um, buys them off the mothers, and he gets seven. And I think about 20-something uh, kids were born at the same time, and he's, he's able to get seven, and they all have superpowers, and he creates like a umbrella academy, like a superhero squad, and trains them, but he's, a, he's really mean to them. Right. And when they grow up, they all leave, and they like all hate each other, and they pretty much all reunite uh, due to like something that happens. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. it. It's set in the first episode, but who knows? Maybe you want to watch it. And they all reunite, and they're just all so different because, for one, they're not biologically related, so they're different races and all of that stuff, sexual orientations, etc. Um, but they all have such differing personalities, so it's cool to see them all play off each other. I really recommend it. It's that's that's a delight to watch. It always as well, struck me in a that different show, way. Whenever I've seen previews for it, that it's kind of similar to the some of the concepts or some of the lines of Kingsman. Am I wrong to think that? I don't uh, know. I don't know if I mentioned that previously. I don't think so. Like, I don't really see a similarity, but maybe that's just me. It was just the, the idea of them training together uh, in this kind of school environment. Uh, maybe the Umbrellas. That was also... It also... Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe. me a little bit. You know what I mean? The Umbrella Academy kind of concept. So, Definitely. no, you don't find it like that at all. None of the same style fight uh, fight scenes or anything like that? No, no. Okay, it's pretty uh, light on the action, to be honest with you. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I might check it out. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about what show to watch next, so maybe that's the one. Maybe. Cool. What have you been watching? Uh, we're still finishing up Ratchet. It's interesting. Uh, it's again, very different from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's still not Nest done. in many ways. Not finished it yet. Uh, lots of PlayStation 5 uh, playing for me. The other thing I started watching as well on your on your recommendation is uh, Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun, the Ed Helms produced series that really has very little to do with Ed Helms, even though he's on the cover in Netflix, but that sells, I'm sure, sells uh, streams. Yeah. It's about Auntie Donna, which is obviously the... Australian sketch comedy group. But it's an Australian sketch comedy group, as you say. And wow, it's pretty funny. I'm uh, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I I don't think, uh, as you say, it's the funniest thing I've ever watched or... or, uh... I've watched this year, I said. It's the funniest thing I watched this year. I didn't laugh out loud that much. Maybe I'm just not a laugh out loud kind of person unless it's completely... I don't know. It's got to really catch me off guard. But I definitely chuckled. I was smiling all the way through. And it's very, very clever. Would be it, what is, I would say. it is incredibly it's clever. It's super clever. And they you you described it as something that's constantly moving like a, a crazy clip. Like it's moving so quickly. Joke after joke after joke after joke. Cl- uh, references on previous things in the episode multiple times. Just consistently going forward. Which is just so interesting that they've packed so much writing into this one 
series. Yeah, man. It's pretty cool. I, I appreciate that quite a bit. It's just ridiculousness all the way through. It is really funny. I, I agree with you. It is worth the the watch. 30-minute episodes on Netflix. I think it's eight episodes. If not, No, six it's episodes. six episodes. Some episodes are only like 18 minutes long. I think I just got to the fifth episode, so I think I've got two left, if I recall. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth watching. But yeah, yeah, it's cool. That's the kind of stuff I need. I, I've been actually going down the rabbit hole and watching a, a lot of their YouTube sketches. Oh, um, neat. Okay. Yeah, like just kind of uh, binging those because I just sometimes you know if I'm taking a poop or something I want to watch something bringing the poop back baby this is our show we're the poop star wars show that's what we're going to na- rename oh this goodness. show that and talking um, about you being hungry yeah, every episode it's the hungry the poop show <laughs> the oh hungry, my god the hungry um, hungry poop star show. wars that's not even funny let's just no. move on yeah let's just uh, just cut that out cut that out let's get on to the news what do you think no come on man come on it's my line baby let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week number 1 as reported by website Variety, the Warner Brothers blockbuster Wonder Woman 1984 will officially be arriving to U.S. theaters and to streaming service HBO Max simultaneously on December 25th, 2020. <gasps> Internationally, the Wonder Woman sequel will actually be launched theatrically on December 16th, 2020, a week before the U.S. release date. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, Wonder Woman 1984 has been pushed back twice from its June 5th, 2020 date. The pandemic has forced most blockbusters of Wonder Woman's stature out of the year 2020. Big-name films like Marvel's Black Widow and Warner Brothers' own sci-fi film Dune Dune. were pushed well into the year 2021. An exception to this rule has been the Warner Brothers-backed Christopher Nolan spy thriller Tenet. Warner Brothers took a chance on Tenet by releasing it theatrically in August to mediocre commercial success, according to box office tracking site Box Office Mojo. Tenet has made just over $350 million internationally on a budget of $200 million, which has been considered disappointing to many. To describe the Wonder Woman 1984 newly announced launch, Warner Media Studio CEO Anna Sarnoff explained, quote, As we navigate these unprecedented times, we've had to be innovative in keeping our businesses moving forward while continuing to super serve our fans. This is an amazing film that really comes to life on the big screen. And, working with our partners in the exhibition community, we will provide that option to consumers in the U.S., where theaters are open. We realize that a lot of consumers can't go back to the movies due to the pandemic, so we also want to give them the option to see Wonder Woman 1984 via our HBO Max platform. Unquote. Adrian, this is some interesting news, wouldn't you say? It is indeed, Simon. It is indeed. It is indeed. Well, let's leave it there, shall we? Number two. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, like this is, it's the better route to take as opposed to what Disney did with Poulon. Oh, right. Cause it is going to be free by the way on HBO max. Yeah. And on top of that, they're still releasing it in theaters. Right. Which is again, it's already better than what Disney did. 100%. They didn't do this weird thing where they said, Hey, Mulan will be in theaters, but only in markets in which you don't have Disney plus. That's a weird uh, suggestion. It's a weird choice. And the pandemic was only kind of started then really like we're, we were kind of at the halfway point at that point when they did that. Mm-hmm. What a strange thing. And people were burning or like destroying Mulan promotional material that they were sent from Disney and stuff like that because they were dis- so angry. The exhibitors were so mad. Uh, people who own theaters were just disappointed that Disney would kind of shaft them like this. This isn't amazing for theaters. It isn't. But it's still way better than what Disney did. It's this kind of half step where it's like, we're not going to neglect you entirely, but, you know, either get our streaming service or go to the theater to watch this movie. It's this nice, like, at least we're getting these two options. Unfortunately, as far as I'm aware, this isn't coming on Crave day and date. Like, I don't think it's coming on Crave on Christmas Day here for us in Canada. 
which is unfortunate. I might be wrong about that, but I don't know, I'm man. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I saw on Twitter where they uh, said that it will not be. Well, then, like, what the heck? Which kind of bums us out. So, I mean, I yeah, assume we could we'll, go into lockdown. Like, the theaters near us might not be even open. So, I mean, they're not. They're not right now. The they're only closed now anyway, even though not the Cineplex in at least. Right, yeah, we do not have. Uh, we don't have them open. We do have Princess. That's still open. Apollo is still open. Right. Yeah. I don't know about Landmark, but I know like Princess and Apollo are definitely still open. But yeah, I don't know. This is this is the better option to take. It's still disappointing. Like I still don't want this to happen because I feel like at a certain point people are just gonna be like, well, why would I go to the theaters if I already have HBO Max, right? Or I already have insert streaming service here. It's sort of proving why the theatrical experience should exist, other than the artificial reason that it's also it's available elsewhere. Like yeah. your, your theater, your home theater is probably not as good as what it would be as a theatrical experience. At the moment, though, it's hard to prove that because of the fact that people will want to stay home or should want to stay home because of the pandemic. Like, people are encouraged to stay home. We're in this weird point, though. If you look at everything, like, the government of Ontario is an example. The government of, of, of Canada, they're all saying, well, it's a delicate balance. We want the economy to be good. But we're opening restaurants and bars and theaters are open. There's really good health practices in a lot of these places, but there's still... They're saying after that, they're like, stay home. Well, you can't stay home and help the economy simultaneously. It's not possible. You don't yeah, like to pick a to... line. It's tough, we though. Do I it get like, it. Yeah. It's like, because they can't spend the money to just influx these businesses with money, I guess. The government can't. So it's, it's a weird situation, but you're right. Pick a lane kind of thing. Yeah, like either we go the Sweden route and just let everyone do whatever Which the hell they work, want. didn't work, honestly. Yeah, it didn't work say. well. Or do the like Australia route. Lock everyone indoors for two weeks. No one can go anywhere. And if you're like caught outside, you have a huge fine. New Zealand was the most successful. Yeah, New Zealand as well. But like Australia is doing incredibly well right now. New Zealand is zero cases, period, as well. Yeah. So if you just go, like just just do one or the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no half measures. No half measures. In the words of Mike Ehrman Trout, exactly. The hit TV series. Better Call Saul and the well, it was specifically the line was in Breaking. Yeah, Breaking Bad, whatever. God and the sequel. It. Did you say the A? We're going to say and the sequel. sequel. I was. I, messed it. <laughs> I don't know if that I really messed it up. counts as a sequel. I messed it up. Get off my back, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Do you forgive me? Yeah. Okay, good. No, actually, that's my line. Ah, no. I messed <laughs> you up. Already, it's I too messed late. up. You I messed know, up again. I'm an idiot. You messed up again. But anyways, yeah, no half measures. That's exactly what I keep thinking. Like, just lock down hardcore. Lock down hardcore. Yeah. There's no... There's, just don't take this weird soft route where we're like, we're going to kind of lock down. Because people don't really want to be locked down. Well, you're locking down already half. They keep locking down certain places, like in a halfway. Like, no, you're murdering those businesses because you keep having to do it over and over again. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of this, but this is getting a little bit maybe political. So let's move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I'm just the, sick of it, man. Yeah, I know. It's frustrating. Uh, but yeah. I think that uh, it's funny, actually. Tenet made over $350 million, which is believed to be not really that successful. But I think some within Warner Brothers actually maybe consider it successful in that it was a but, pandemic. But it's isn't pretty the, cool that it did like, that well at least. Like isn't the rule like chances are you spend twice as much on marketing? So like if it's a $200 million budget, you probably spent $400 million because right. of marketing? Like, right, but think about it. This is like a, a start. This is the pre-launch. Like this movie's going to launch again. When the pandemic is, go- is over because of hopefully again the vaccine is very effective mm-hmm. and everyone takes it you know in, in good time so by the by this time next year as an example we might be back to normal yeah celebrate christmas normally it's coming out on video on demand in like a month not even right it's on video on demand but i'd imagine just like the relaunch uh, inception before they relaunched or before they did launch tenet i'd imagine they were going to launch yeah. 
Tenet again in theaters and just try and boost the <clears throat> boost the concept because that movie, by the way, is phenomenal in theaters. That's a that's a theater movie. Definitely. I'm actually almost surprised that they're even doing video on demand at all because I think you could just wait it out and then relaunch it, make it an exclusive for the theaters. At this point, I think you made almost your money back, almost, you know. And so now, when you're almost there, you just go all the way when you relaunch it. Maybe maybe someone else like us, for instance, we've already seen it, will even go back to the theater again. Oh, I'll definitely go back and watch I it. Think I'm excited. Putting it on video on demand may make it the demand for it a little less. That's the only negative of that. Mm, how ironic. I'm excited though for video on demand. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> joked in the land because I'm gonna watch this movie with subtitles, so I know what the fuck everyone said the entire time. Right? Yeah, yeah. You did we talk about that last week? The the article that came out about uh, Christopher Nolan, like a bunch of directors saying like his like audio in his movies is all messed up, and him just being like, eh. I don't think we talked about it. I no. think you sent me the message. No. How would I send you a message? We don't talk outside this podcast. Well, I didn't read it until we just started the podcast. I, I was reading it in the beginning. No, I... I well, how do, you, how do we think we make notes here? I copy and paste the, these clippings into We use your notes. girlfriend. Oh, as the, as the owl. Yeah. She, uh, that was a Harry Potter reference. I know. <laughs> just so you're aware. I don't know why I had to say that. That just ruins the reference. Anyways, um, but yeah, no. She, yeah, right. That was her. She she gave me the clipping. Yeah. It was the clipping. Like we're in yeah, the man. 1950s. Hey. Yeah, you, she gave me the clipping of... Uh, of that Christopher Nolan article where specifically all of these directors, apparently, I don't know. I wonder who the directors were. They're unnamed directors were having problems hearing the dialogue. And they're like, why do you do this, Christopher? Yeah, we got Duncan Jones over here complaining about it while he's making Warcraft 2. Yeah, maybe Shut up, Duncan. You think that was Duncan Jones? No, I don't the, know. I just said Duncan Jones. The director Jones. of War- <laughs> Warcraft. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. I find that it's a different kind of style. It keeps you at the edge of your seat. It makes you completely listening intently the entire time. It's a different kind of movie-going experience. I do not fault him for this, and I think he knows exactly what he was doing. I agree. And, the, and his response to this was kind of a chuckle, it seemed like. So I don't think he is not aware. It's not like he he's like, oh, no, I didn't realize it would sound like that. It's loud? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Which makes sense because yeah. when you have a plot like Tenet, you probably know exactly what your movie sounds like to yeah. the literal minutia. But anyway. To get back to the Wonder Woman release topic, it's too bad about that Crave news. I'm kind yeah. of disappointed in that. Maybe that'll be a correction. Maybe I'm wrong, but I remember reading that. Well, maybe they'll change it. Maybe Crave will get the contract for it like the hit movie American Pickle. Because they launched American Pickle You're on the worst. HBO Max on, at the same time as they did on Crave. There's a movie that uh, is coming out this week. Same thing. It's releasing on HBO Max and Crave at the There's same time. There's a good chance. I'll talk about it. There's a good chance. I'm, I'm hoping that they do that. Oh. Number two. According to publication, The Hollywood Reporter, Boardwalk Empire creator and Sopranos writer Terrence Winter has officially exited his position as showrunner for the HBO Max Gotham PD TV series due to creative differences. <gasps> the drama series was meant to be a prequel to Matt Reeves' film, The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne. Whereas The Batman is meant to take place in Batman Year 2, the Gotham PD-centered TV series is meant to take place in Batman Year 1 and follow the journey of a corrupt cop in a battle for his soul. Upon the announcement of the Gotham Central series being greenlit, director Matt Reeves called the Terrence Winter hiring, quote, a dream come true, unquote. Just prior to the announcement of Winter's departure from the series, it was noted by The Hollywood Reporter that he would be developing an anthology series adaptation of the 1950s Frederick Knott play, Dial M for Murder, for MGM Television. The series is set to star ex-Machina actress Alicia Vikander, who will also produce the project. The HBO Max Gotham PD TV series currently has no set release date, no official title, and is in search 
of a new showrunner. The Matt Reeves film The Batman is set to premiere in March of 2022. Adrian, what do you think of this? I guess that's kind of a bummer. Again, I never really got into Boardwalk Empire, and I have like I haven't watched Sopranos, so I don't really know much of Terrence Winter's work. But just the initial hiring and how excited it seemed Matt Reeves was. Well, that was um, the excitement. That that was partially the excitement as Matt Reeves combined with Terrence Winter. It yeah, seems like a winning converse, like conversation. Winning conversation, a winning conversation, just like this one, man, just and, like this one, and a winning combination. Wow, like us. That's one of those things that Donald Trump constantly does. You ever notice that in press conferences? What? He messes up a word, but then he just says, and that thing. Oh. I'm trying to think of something that he's done. This is really, really ridiculous. He, he's, he'll say like a word that's supposed to make sense, but then he'll like he'll say the word furniture or something like that, which would make no sense in context. Like ligma? I'm not asking you the question, <laughs> you, you weirdo. You know what I'm talking about, though? He'll uh, say the yeah. wrong word, but then he'll just add. He's like, oh, and that thing. Yeah. And something else. Doesn't want to admit Which that he's wrong. Is, he doesn't want to admit it's wrong. Honestly, he's a proud boy. This is one of those things that... Oh, boy. Double entendre. And this is one of those things where if you're reading a teleprompter, as we've done often... Basically, I'm doing here to read the story that I've written prior. It's sometimes you just mess up words. Yeah. Like I, I feel for anyone who has to read a teleprompter that often, because I feel like it's not the easiest thing in the world to do it properly all of the time. Huh. That's the nicest thing that you've ever said about Donald Trump, I think. But I do feel like him not admitting the mistake is just exactly who he is, though. Ooh, there there we go. We're going back. (laughs) I'm just evening it. I'm evening it out, not going any more political, just saying saying that thing. Just saying that thing. And now we we would have voted for who you voted for. Yeah, yeah, 100%. We're on your side politically. Yeah, we're in every way. Exactly. Always (laughs) on your side. I'm your partner in crime. Always on your side. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're like almost like very close to like a State Farm commercial or something. Yeah, just like your neighbor, if that's the the line. Anyways, Terrence Winter. I was excited for Terrence Winter because he's his track record is really good, mm-hmm. and it's disappointing, obviously. And I'm curious, the creative differences. It's the style of show that I thought he, they were making. Yeah, I'm curious what a corrupt they kind of want to do city then, like a, like a like a little bit dark, you know getting into the corruption of Gotham. It seems like that was a winning combo. Again, I don't get it. What are they, who are they going to hire? It's going to be somebody ridiculous and wacky, like the, the creator of some show we really don't like. Mm. Bruno Heller. Ugh. The creator of The Mentalist. Yeah, your favorite show. Wouldn't that be funny, though, because he made Gotham. Yeah, that would hired be funny. On, I would probably not watch it. No, I'd be I'd, so disappointed. I know. I'd be like, he, why? If he got hired, I'd be like, please, what were you thinking? What were you possibly thinking? Did you see his other show called Gotham? <laughs> Anyways... Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen, but I, I am curious who they're going to hire. Maybe Matt Reeves will do it himself. That'd be pretty cool. I, I, I don't know, like maybe too many eggs in the basket or whatever that phrase is. <laughs> I, dude. I'm too so... many eggs in the basket. <laughs> is this your hunger talking? Yeah. <laughs> you're just thinking, like you just said eggs and like, damn, I can't do the rest of the phrase now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to eat I'm them. I'm so hungry. Um, He's spreading himself thin. Yeah, that's that, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, man. But it's not really spreading himself thin because nah, it's almost like the exact same subject matter. Although I do wonder if he did do the show on his own, if he did show run it, would he become exhausted? Would it become this like thing? Of, Maybe. Like, I don't even want to do Batman anymore. I'm going to pass this off to director Ben Affleck. It's possible, I don't know, man. <laughs> Actually, I always wonder what it would have been like to have a Ben Affleck directed Batman, Batman movie? movie with Batfleck in it. That would be cool, man. Maybe we will get that one day. Who knows? In the Snyderverse. Yeah, it's still possible. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, I don't really know who you would find to replace it. Uh, like, it'd be pretty crazy if they got someone like Vince Gilligan. 
or something like oh, that. Oh my god! Like, imagine a, if they did that. What a good one! Yeah, Matt Reeves and Vince Gilligan. Oh, I'd be all into that. That's a good one. So Vince Gilligan, if you don't know, of course, Breaking Bad creator. Yeah, that's a wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good. That's mm-hmm. a good thought. Yeah, well, let's just leave it there and move on to the next story. Sounds good, man. Number three, as website deadline reports, Wendy Molyneux and Lizzie Molyneux Loglin have been officially hired on as the writers for the third installment of the Deadpool franchise kickstarted by Deadpool actor Ryan Reynolds. Multiple writers supposedly pitched ideas for the new movie, but Ryan Reynolds and team reportedly liked the Molyneux sisters' plan best. The Molyneux sisters are best known for their extensive work writing episodes for the Emmy-nominated TV series Bob's Burgers. Their animated TV series The Great North is set to air in 2021 and has already been renewed for a second season. Deadpool 2 director David Leach has reportedly not been involved with Deadpool 3's pre-production thus far, and it looks likely that another director will be chosen to take the helm. Deadpool 3 will mark the first Deadpool film to be officially developed by Disney's Marvel Studios. Adrian, what do you make of this? Hiring news. We haven't heard about Deadpool 3 in some time, actually. Yeah, I was, I was actually like on the point of like, oh man, we're probably not going to get this. But I'm curious how they are going to do this. Are they going to keep it a separate universe? That's kind of what I want to talk about with you. Do you think they're going to keep Deadpool disconnected from the MCU? Or do you think they're going to do something wacky and, you know, fold it in? And, you know, Deadpool's just going to make a bunch of references and be like, hey, I'm in a new universe now sort of thing. Like, what, what do you think they are going to do with this? I think that they're going to bring somehow, I definitely hope for it, that they're going to fold in... Deadpool into the Avengers universe as a interesting side character that jumps in and out of the MCU. And I think as opposed to referencing X-Men in the next movie, they're definitely going to be referencing the Avengers a lot more mm-hmm. because now he's in a different universe. It, it was initially, of course, owned by Fox. And now this property as well as the X-Men are owned by Disney. So I think that that's the big reference that's going to happen is references consistently to the Avengers. And I think he's going to obviously break the fourth wall and and claim that he maybe is an Avenger or he's connected or he's... It's going to be interesting. The cool thing is that this is rated... I don't even know what... They said it's going to probably be rated R. But this is a rated R property now owned by Disney. I said that was the cool thing. But I'm mm-hmm. kind of confused actually. I'm kind of curious to see what they do with a rated R property. Where can they place it? Can they put it on Disney Plus? Will we ever see Deadpool on Disney Plus at all? It's a weird one. I'm, I'm very curious as to where, where this leads. But I think that if they were to fold him in... He's going to be bleeped out in the Avengers or whatnot. Or they'll do like a weird cutaway before he says a swear word. Yeah. Well, or he they, gets too violent. They did the re-release of Deadpool 2 where it's Deadpool reading it to uh, the guy from Princess Diaries. Right. And it, that movie's in PG-13. There's no swear words. There's no like gratuitous violence. What did they do? Did you watch that? No, I didn't. I didn't I'm bother. curious if they... what? How do they handle the swear words? Yeah, me too. What I assume they, they like either bleeped it out or they just didn't include it or they switched it with something different like like what the french fry or something something like that or it's it's like uh maybe they make a reference i have to see it now guys because i'm kind of curious there's a reference to like you know snakes on the plane on a plane when they played it on network tv Mm -hmm. what was the line now i don't know like let's get these mother trucking snakes off this mother trucking plane or something along this line i'm looking it up right now okay so we're clear Cool, do it. That's pretty good, actually. That's clever. Oh, man. That, that is good. 
I, I wonder if they did that. I, I feel like you're going to watch this. It's not, this has been out for a while. Yeah, man. I don't really want to watch it, though. That's a problem. Because <laughs> part of the, the, I don't know, the cleverness is how ridiculous, I don't know, the, the, the comedy aspect with the amount of swearing it is for a Marvel property. Or Fox an, property, I guess. A Marvel time. property and then it's from Marvel Comics. I don't know. I think that they can do something really cool with it. I think that they can fold him in into really strange ways and just really funny ways. They can get clever with it if they want to. But I think they got to make rated R Deadpool 3. Like, yeah. That's got to happen. Yeah, that's part like of that. the charm. If you remove that, you're you're really you're really Spider-Man 3-ing it. You know, you're Sony just getting your hands in there and saying, oh, I want to add all the villains. What if I add Venom to this movie that wasn't going to have Venom in it? Yeah. And then let's vaporize them. Yeah. I don't know. I'm super curious about this. I'm almost more interested in this. Like, I like the original Deadpool movie. I like Deadpool 2 enough. Like, they weren't my favorites by any means. I think they're funny. There's a lot of just like, hey, look at my dick sort of jokes. Uh, But they're they're still fun and enjoyable. So this one just makes me more interested because it's, again, being folded into, I guess, at the very least, the Marvel universe to a certain extent. And yeah, I just... I just want to see what they're going to do with this, man. I feel like this can be really, really good or really, really bad. Like most things. Yeah. Yeah, like most (laughs) things, most definitely. No, that's not really true. You can have something in the middle. Yeah. Which would be mediocre. But they've had such a good track record, and I don't think Ryan Reynolds would let this be bad. The interesting thing about this, too, is the writers were switched out. The writers for the first two movies were the same. Yeah. Like the writers for Deadpool 1 and 2 are Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. And I was kind of surprised at all that there was writers hired. I was looking to see who the director was hired. That's what I was looking to, to find out first. And it turns out they recast the writers. The cool thing as well, Ryan Reynolds apparently was obviously had a big hand in choosing the best pitch. And he apparently had many pitches to choose from, which is kind of neat. So they just kind of had like, it seems like additions, tryouts. Yeah. You know? He just kind of went through a bunch of these options and the Molyneux sisters won. But again, he just recreated the scene from Deadpool 2 where he's like hiring all the people on the superhero team, the X-Force. Yeah, basically. But for writers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's cool. Uh, This is really neat. And I'm so curious what the writers of Bob's Burgers will do for Deadpool. I think that's just an interesting idea. Bob's Burgers has won lots of awards too. Yeah, no, I watched the first, I think, two seasons of it. Did you like it? I I haven't actually seen it. it. I I know of it being pretty great. Yeah, I enjoyed it when I watched it um, initially. But that was like, fuck man, that was forever. That was when it like first aired. Like I think uh, season two just finished and I heard really good things about it. I was watching Archer and I knew John H. Benjamin was in uh, Bob's Burgers. So I decided to watch the seasons of Bob's Burgers that were out. And I, I really liked it. It's It's a unique sort of style of humor. I, I don't think it really fits with the Deadpool humor that we're aware of, but who knows? I mean, I'm sure they can kind of look to fit into that sort of style, if that makes sense. Adapt, and considering Adapt, that, yeah. again, they're, they were the ones chosen. Yeah. They must have pitched something good, different, obviously. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm curious. Exciting me, stuff. Color me intrigued. Me too, my friend. Me too. Now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Netflix's Narcos Mexico actor, Tenoch Huerta, has been cast as a mystery villain in Marvel's Black Panther 2. The sequel to the Chadwick Boseman-led film is planned to start production in March 2021 with director Ryan Coogler at the helm. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. I'm curious what's going to happen with this. 
Very curious. Number two. As reported by Variety, Rocky actor Sylvester Stallone has been cast in director James Gunn's DC blockbuster, The Suicide Squad. I heard he's a good actor, actually. Number three. As reported by Deadline, Black K. Klansman director Spike Lee is planning to direct a musical that will dive into the origin story of the ever-popular Pfizer drug, Viagra. It's pronounced Black Klansman. Number four. As Deadline has reported, Conan O'Brien is exiting his role as late-night talk show host in June of 2021. After 28 years of hosting various late night gigs, he moves to the HBO Max streaming service where he will host a weekly variety show. Oh, so probably the same thing just during the day. During the day? Yeah. What do you mean during the day? It's not late night anymore, it's just gonna be during the day. Well, it'll still probably be airing during the night. You think? Yeah. It'll probably release like... It's weekly, so it's probably gonna be more like John Oliver's Last Week Tonight. That's my guess. Anyways. You think? Yes. Number five. As Variety has reported, Netflix will launch the Sam Levinson-directed Zendaya-starring film Malcolm and Marie on February 5th, 2021, just in time for the awards season. Also starring our new favorite actor, John David Washington, who is also in Black Klansman. Wow, the connections. Number six. As reported by Variety, HBO Max has greenlit a limited series adaptation of the DMZ. <laughs> That's right, we're Canadian. DC comic series of the same name. The series is being developed by Selma director Ava DuVernay and will follow a combat medic played by Daredevil actress Rosario Dawson as she navigates a modern American civil war. That's pretty cool, I think. That's pretty cool. Rosario Dawson loves playing nurses slash medics. She's the night nurse in the Daredevil series as well as in the Luke Cage series and in the Jessica Jones series and in the Iron Fist series as well as in the series The Defenders. Number seven. As noted by Variety, the planned six extra episodes of AMC's The Walking Dead Season 10 are set to premiere on February 28th, 2020. One. <laughs> Jinx, your relationship with the kids. I cannot wait for these episodes. So hopefully they release Season 10 on Netflix for us. First, so we can watch it before we see these episodes. That would be the hope. Yeah. It's weird because they already aired their finale, technically. The original Season 10 finale, and they just added six episodes onto it. It's weird. I don't know. Walking Dediverse. I don't even know how I feel about it anymore. Number eight. As reported by Variety, the Chris Bynes, Thandy Newton spy thriller All the Old Knives has added actors Lawrence Fishburne and Jonathan Price to the cast. I didn't even hear about this movie. Was that a joke? No. It's literally, it was part of the montage on our show. Come on, man. When? Number nine. As reported by Deadline, Emmy Award-winning Fraser star Kelsey Grammer and Emmy Award-winning 30 Rock star Alec Baldwin have been cast in a currently untitled ABC comedy TV series to be executive produced by Modern Family producer Chris Lloyd. Chris Lloyd is the brother of Jake Lloyd, who uh, starred in uh, The Phantom Menace. He now suffers from like schizophrenia and stuff like that. It's a pretty sad story. What are you talking about? They're not. Yeah, it's the brother. Jake Lloyd. He's making that up completely. No, I'm not. It's completely made up. <laughs> also, who's Jake Lloyd? Isn't it Jake Lloyd? What's who? You don't even know the guy's He's name Anakin. That you're referencing? Anakin from Phantom Menace. Isn't it Jake Lloyd? Am I wrong? Are you looking this up <laughs> during the montage? Yeah, hold up. I'm, I guarantee you it's Jake you Lloyd. You unprofessional goon? <laughs> oh my gosh. That was the rudest thing you've ever said to me. Let's see. It is Jake Lloyd. You freaking bozo. You're trying to make me self-second-guess self, self guess myself? That wasn't the argument. He's not related to 
Chris Lloyd, is he? Yeah, they're brothers. Yeah, okay. Number 10. As covered by Deadline, Shazam actor Zachary Levi has been cast in the starring role in the adaptation of the Scott M. Lorette novel, The Unbreakable Boy. It's interesting because he's technically the unbreakable boy in Shazam as well. Because uh, when he says Shazam, he becomes Zachary... He's... He becomes Zachary Levi from. The, he's a different actor when he's a kid and when he's the boy. And then he says, and then he he's, he's Zachary Levi when he says Shazam. He's a, he's a, I'm so hungry. And that concludes <laughs> the montage. I'm crying. I'm genuinely crying right now. I'm so starving. My brain's not working. You know what is working? Nope, that's not a proper segue. <laughs> I got new releases for you. I'm just going right <laughs> you into You know it. what is working? Batman vs. Superman yeah. is a good movie. <laughs> Alright. Let's wrap this up quick. <laughs> there's there's a lot of fucking movies what are coming you gonna eat? again. What are you going to eat there, buddy? I don't know. I think I... Uh, maybe burrito or shawarma or something. Alright. Alright. What are the new releases? I got new releases for you. What are they? What are the well, new let me releases tell you. you have for me? Let me tell you. Well, I'm waiting. Okay, this is for the week of November 23rd to November 30th. I'm sorry I called you a goon, by the way. Hey, man, it's okay. I'm sorry I called you a bozo in response. Okay. We cool? We'll talk about it after. No, we don't talk outside this podcast. Exactly. Oh, no. You're just going to hold a grudge all week, you son of a gun. Let me tell you, on November the 23rd, we got a great movie coming out. It's called Shawn Mendes in Wonder. It's releasing on Netflix. It's a documentary about Shawn Mendes. I saw Shawn Mendes live in Ottawa. At some sort of festival with my lover. He's fantastic. Well, that sounds good. He actually has a really good voice. Does he? Yeah, I'm not going to knock him. It's not my kind of music, but he he can sing. Man can sing. That's fair, man. That's fair. These next three movies are all coming out on November the 24th, which is the day after the release date for Shawn Mendes in Wonder on Netflix. Once again, let's talk about this movie. Shawn Mendes in Wonder on Netflix. It is a documentary about Shawn Mendes. You know what it is. <laughs> releasing on Netflix. I thought you wanted to go eat. Yeah, I did. Let's move it along here. All right, cool. I'm getting into it. On November the 24th, we got Hillbilly Elegy. I think that's how it's pronounced. Elegy? Elegy? E-L-E-G-Y. Is that a word? I don't know. I don't even know if it's a word. It's coming on Netflix. This is another Netflix original film. There's a lot of Netflix original films, man. But this is apparently not a great movie, and it stars Rachel McAdams and Glenn Close. It's 27% with 100 and... What? Elegy. Elegy. Okay, I was right. Elegy. Elegy. Thank you, Google. It's the hillbilly... Elegy. Perfect. It's currently rated at a 27% with 114 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. So yeah, apparently it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those Netflix movies that even went out to theaters first before like releasing on Netflix like a week prior I assume because they thought this was like Oscar worthy but it uh, doesn't seem like it I'm not gonna waste your time and explain what it's about you can look that up the next movie that's coming out is a movie called Fat Man this was confirmed by the trailer in Apple TV hold on a second what hillbilly elegy yeah does this star Rachel McAdams oh did I say Rachel McAdams I meant Amy Adams it's holy shit except for the adam part yeah oh dude i'm I'm a fool you're right yeah i was i was fairly certain because i saw there was a some late night show one of the hosts was interviewing amy adams for i'm just gonna edit that on the notes i'm gonna reread that oh you are no i don't care enough fuck it let's continue next movie comes you you edited the (laughs) notes for no one okay go on i'm far too tired for this man the next movie that's coming out is a movie called fat man this was confirmed by the trailer and the Apple TV app. It's coming out on VOD. I'm pretty sure this is the one where Mel Gibson plays Santa Claus. Oh, and yeah. And this kid sets a hit on him. And I Whoa. think the kid 
is either Walton Goggins or the hitman is Walton Goggins. How could the kid be Walton Goggins? Maybe it's like, I don't know, he like grew up and set this hit. I don't know, man. It, it This looks ridiculously fun. <laughs> Does it look good? Uh, I, can't just, I can't tell based the, on that <laughs> ambiguous the, way you said that. The, the trailer's bananas. It's like, I like watched it and I was like, what the? Walton Goggins, I really like Walton Me Goggins. too, man. I like him in everything. He's amazing in Sons of Anarchy. You know what you gotta watch? No. Justified. I'll watch it's, it's basically Walton Goggins against Timothy Oliphant. We talked about Timothy Oliphant a couple yeah. of weeks back. It, it's a really good show. I really do like Justified. It's more episodic maybe than I'd like, but it is definitely serial. Like It's a serial cop show, essentially, but it's in a, a very interesting town. It's uh, it's worth the watch, I think. Maybe I will watch it. Maybe that's what I'll start watching. I won't. Timothy Oliphant is a cool dude in that show, let me He's say. He's a cool dude all the time, baby. He's a cool dude all the time. The next movie coming out is a sad one. You ready for this one? It's called Notes for My Son. It's a Netflix original movie. Once again, this looks super sad. It's about a mom who's dying from terminal cancer and writes a notebook for her son about life, death, and all that stuff. It's based on a true story. I don't want to watch that. I do not want to watch that. It makes me sad. Just The opposite of Ted Lasso. Yeah. I'm sick of this depressing shit. You know what I mean? Give me some positive stuff. I think we need a month of only happy things happening. Just play Happy Feet on repeat. Happy, because it has the word happy in it? Yeah. Well, Happy Feet's a good movie. Yeah, and then you've got to play the uh, the song Happy by... Oh, I hate that song. Did I ever tell you the story? Pharrell Williams. Did I ever tell you the tale of why I dislike that song so much? No. What? That's, happy? That song is great. Let me tell you this tale, because it reminds me... When was it? Sorry, before we go ahead, that movie—the first time we heard that movie. What movie was that in? Was it was what I was gonna say? Happy. Yeah, it was in a movie to start. Wasn't it in Lego? Maybe. No, no, because in Lego, the song's "Everything Is Awesome." Oh yeah, "Everything Is Awesome." That was uh oh, that's uh Andy Samberg's band, The Lonely Island. Yeah, that's "Everything Is Awesome." Mm. Upon looking up the the origins of "Happy" here, I'm seeing that it is. Or that it was. It was released for Despicable Me 2, actually. Oh. There you go. There you go. I never watched Despicable Me 2. I liked the first one. I don't know if I ever got through the whole Despicable Me Despicable Me 1, actually. I started watching it in the car on the way on a family cottage trip, I think. Mm. I don't think I actually finished it. But anyway, why don't you like the song Happy? Come on, man. So let me set the stage. It was many years ago, whenever that song came out. It was that summer. The summer that song came out. I was in Serbia, okay? And I came went, out in 2013. So summer of 2013, I was a certain age. And I went to the dentist in Serbia to check out my tooth because I had like a toothache. My, my front left tooth, it's not real, half of it. Um, I like bashed it when I was 12 years old in Serbia and they would like put like a little cap on it. Anyways, I was getting it checked up when I was there. And I was there for probably an hour or so in that dentist office in Serbia. There's like you know, dimly lit dentist office. I just remember like the lighting was pretty low and there was the, the dentist herself. And I guess the dentist assistant who was like cleaning my mouth and stuff who played that song on repeat for the entire time I was there. She'd be no like cleaning way. my teeth and the song would end. She'd stop cleaning my teeth, walk over to the laptop, hit replay. Are you joking? No, I'm serious. That's man. like a torture chamber. Dude, it was a torture chamber. I was like, I fucking hate the dentist office, which is weird because I like going to the dentist. I like getting my teeth cleaned. Do you think that she really liked the song or she was doing that for the patient? Like she thought that would help. I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. 
Because I don't know. So my dentist, when I've gone to the dentist's office, they give me a remote and they say, "There's the TV. Do you want to change it? You can change the channel to whatever, whatever you want. Yeah. They do it for me. Like the song's not that long. Was it like two minutes? It's like yeah. Imagine. I heard that song. I guess you don't have to imagine. It's no, a dream. They really didn't man. dream that. Like was it not a nightmare? No, I guarantee it. I remember that specifically. I remember it. I remember it. I remember it, and I remember being so upset about it. And like me just being like, I don't know what I was, what are like 18, 19, just being like, fuck you. <laughs> like, I, I, God, why are you doing this? But it was just on repeat. And I just, I remember every time because as soon as the song finished, I was like, oh, maybe this is it. Because <laughs> when it happened the first time, I was like, oh, okay. You know, like maybe she just wants to hear the song again. And then it just kept on happening. And anytime the song ended, I was like, please, God, please. And she would just put down the tools walk over hit that space button on the laptop i remember the click the the click i'm not gonna hit the keyboard just in case it messes up the audio here and then because i'm I'm happy happy. (laughs) and she'd just start cleaning my teeth again and i was like i'm going to bite your fingers off that's that's crazy cupcakes man oh man yeah it was jesus christ what an awful (laughs) wow yeah that song just that's a good reason not to like it yeah 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 anyways these next movies god Damn it, I'm so tired. I'm so hungry. I'm just so hungry. We're almost there. We're almost there. I'm going to eat your there. teeth. I'm don't, gonna... don't do it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm okay. The next movies that are coming out are coming in on November the 25th. This is a doozy. Get ready for this one, Simon. This movie is called Happiest Season. You know where it's releasing? Hulu. You know where it's releasing in Canada? Nowhere. No. You Nowhere can rent it on the 26th in Canada on video on demand surfaces. The day after? The day after. No. Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. Yeah. This is well rated. It's sitting at like a 90 something percent on uh, Rotten Tomatoes currently. I think 96. A uh, really great cast. Um, it includes like Alison Brie, Christian Stewart, Victor Garner, Mary Steenburgen, and like more. Oh, this is a Christmas movie, isn't I, it? Yeah, kind of. I saw the photo of this, the the you know the grid, the, yeah, the the the, the, the poster. The yeah, po- so I saw the poster. Sorry, what am I? So it's about this um like lesbian couple, and the the one girlfriend is gonna propose to her other girlfriend. Okay, who who who's playing the couple? Uh, it's Christian Stewart, and what is her name? I don't even put her name in the title. I just realized in this fucking sentence. Jesus Christ. Sentence hens? <laughs> Mackenzie Davis. Mackenzie Davis. Oh, she's cool. Yeah, she's great. I really like her in, like, she's in Tully. She's in Blade Runner. She's in uh, the Matt Damon movie. The Martian. Yeah. She's got a great role in Halt and Catch Fire on AMC. I never watched it. Pretty good Pretty good show. Yeah. I like it. Anyways. Anyways. So she's, uh, yeah, it's, it's Christian Stewart and, and her. I already forgot her name. I literally just read it. Mackenzie Davis? Yeah, Mackenzie Davis. Uh, so they're a couple, and uh, I assume like Kristen Stewart, just from like how the how the how the how the poster looks, I assume Kristen Stewart wants to propose to Mackenzie Davis, and uh, she finds out that Mackenzie Davis never came out to her parents. Oh, uh, and they're going there uh, for like the holidays, and her parents are like conservative parents, well rated, looks good. I might watch this one. Who cool, knows? Man. Maybe I'll rent cool. this one. These next movies that are coming out still on the twenty fifth. It's still on the 25th. What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Carbs are brain food. Did you know that? And I haven't had enough carbs today, apparently. I think food is brain food. Food is brain food. I haven't had enough food today. It's true. What's the next movie? Uncle Frank. This is an Amazon Prime original movie. It's he almost really said sm- that as if you saw him. Yeah. <laughs> My Uncle, Uncle Frank. Frank. Dude, hey. Hey, Uncle. Uh, no, it is coming out. It's an Amazon Prime uh, original movie. This stars Paul Bettany Ooh. and Sophia Lillis, who I'm not familiar with. 
And it's set in the 1970s, and it's about this gay man who uh, confronts his past while he's doing a road trip with his friends. I see. Yeah. Um, the next movie that's coming out is The Christmas Chronicles Part 2. This is a Netflix original movie. It's the sequel to the first one, and uh, Chris Kurt Russell is uh, Santa Claus. Cool, man. The next movie that's coming out is The Crudes, A New Age. This was confirmed by the Cineplex app and Movie Insider. It's coming out to theaters. Uh, this is a sequel to the first The Crudes movie called The Crudes. Aye. Yes. These next movies that are coming out are uh, on November the 26th. This first one's called Mosul. Mosul. Mosul Tov. Mosul. 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 It's a Netflix original movie. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bother with this one. Uh, it's about a young police officer who is saved by a Iraqi rogue squadron and joins them in the fight against ISIS. Oh. Pretty cool premise. You gotta admit. Okay. Pretty cool premise. Okay, 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 okay. And then I mentioned uh, before how there's a movie coming out on HBO Max that's also coming out day and date on Crave. It's this movie that's coming up next. You want to know what it's called? It's called yes. Super Intelligent. Oh. Why'd you interrupt me? You it's asked called the Super Intelligent. You just interrupted me again. Movie was it's called Super. Uh, you just interrupted me again. How can you? Oh my it's called goodness. Super. Oh my. Are you serious? A fourth time? It's called Super Intelligence. It's called, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's called Super Intelligence. It's, uh, it's starring Melissa McCarthy. And she's a person, as well as James Corden, who is an AI. And it and 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 <laughs> you're gonna say he's also a person. <laughs> it would be pretty funny, but no, he's an AI. Okay, hence the name Super Intelligence. Gotcha. And he chooses uh, like Melissa's character in this movie. Me and Melissa are on first name basis, by the way. Uh, he chooses Melissa's character uh, as like someone that he wants to observe, I and see. he's like this sassy robot. And he just begins to develop a plan to take over the world. And the only person that can stop this super intelligence AI is Melissa McCarthy. Huh. Yeah. Sounds kind of fun. It does sound kind of fun. It's a comedy. So maybe I'm going to watch that. If it's and on it's Crave. HBO Max and Crave, as yeah. you mentioned, which is a good thing because will we get Wonder Woman? I don't know. On Crave. As far as I'm aware, we won't. As a note back to that, just briefly, the Wonder Woman thing that I didn't actually mention, there was an international release that's happening the week before. Mm-hmm. Are we international? I don't know. Because I read somewhere that we're actually considered the U.S. release, apparently. Domestic. I guess we're going to find out as we get closer. I think it was considered domestic somehow. The Canadian market was considered domestic. So we'll see what happens there. But anyways. Well, if we don't get it a week early, I'm, I'm going to fucking perform a domestic on you. I just want to get it on Crave. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I threatened you there. Yeah, I just glanced over yeah, it. I know you I? just avoided like, it. I noticed. Ignored I noticed. it. Because I know, it's because I called you a goon. I, again, I apologize, man. What's coming out on the 27th? It's a movie called Black Beauty. This is a Disney Plus movie. This is about a wild horse. <laughs> what the hell? <clears throat> okay. Remember that movie, Dream Horse? <laughs> Yes, stars, I do remember Dream Horse. Which stars Tony Collette as the horse. Yeah, I think that was in our... I think we talked about that in our fourth episode. Yeah. This fifth, is, fifth episode, maybe? This is a similar sort of premise, except now it's Kate Winslet as the horse. What? Yeah, Kate Winslet stars as the horse. Black Beauty is a horse born free in the American West, and it's Kate Winslet. Why did you laugh so hard for this? this I don't is, know. I'm tired. I'm hungry. There's just... There's you things. didn't even get to the punchline. Yeah. You <laughs> laughed before you said the punchline. You laughed before you said the joke. Yeah, I know. I know. It's kind of I'm, ruins it a little bit. I'm so funny, though. I can't help it. I'm so funny. I just make myself laugh all the time. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Princess of the Row. 
This is confirmed by Movie Insider and m.the-numbers.com, the most reliable source on the internet, by the way. Uh, it's a VOD rental. It's a video-on-demand rental. If, for those who don't know, VOD stands for video-on-demand. It's about a young girl who runs away to live with her mentally ill homeless fa- father. Wait, wait a second. <laughs> Does Kate Winslet actually play a horse in this movie? I guess you'll have to watch it to find out, baby. Just like Dream Horse, starring Tony Collette as the horse. It's like she's not vo- voicing a horse. She's just in the movie. Is she even in the movie? Yeah, she's okay, in the movie. Okay, she's in the movie. At least we got yeah, as the, that. As, as Black at least Beauty, we got the that horse. out of you. Yeah. All right, what's next? The Beast. It's a Netflix original movie. Again, it's about a special forces officer who releases his inner beast when his daughter is kidnapped. Does that sound familiar? Yes. The movie... Dream Horse, starring Tony Collette exactly. as the horse. That's what yes. I was going to say. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you read my mind. I know. Go on. The next movie that's coming out is the movie called The Call. Uh, it's a Netflix original movie. It's a South Korean horror movie, and it's not to be confused with the movie The Call from 2013 starring Halle Berry, or the movie The Call, also from this year, 2020, starring uh, Jigsaw from the Saw series. This has something to do with a spooky phone, a serial killer, and some sort of time uh, time manipulation. Something along those lines. It looks pretty scary. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Speaking of horror movies, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called Don't Listen. Ah, the sequel to Don't Breathe. Yes. How do you know? Is it actually? No. Oh. It'd be pretty cool if it was. Yeah. Um, this is a Netflix original movie, though. It's about this dude's kid who dies in this new house. And it's like something's fishy about this. He's all like, this is this is some paranormal type stuff, man. My kid's dead and it feels like a paranormal thing that just has a, has occurred in my new home, he says. He exclaims to the sky. And he tries to get a paranormal expert on the case to look into it. Hmm. Interesting, right? Interesting indeed. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Zappa. This is an Apple TV original. It's a documentary about Frank Zappa. Ooh, okay. Straight into the point. Not going to bore you. Okay, okay. The next movie that's coming out, and the final movie of this week, is a movie called Stardust. This is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.thehyphenumbers.com, and Movie Insider. This is coming to theaters. It's playing at the Apollo, which is near us. So this is a David Bowie biopic, but apparently Bowie's estate didn't give give the creator's rights to any of David Bowie's music. No, what? So the person that's playing David Bowie is performing covers that David Bowie performed when David Bowie was alive. So there's no like actual original David Bowie music in this entire movie. It's just covers that David Bowie performed. So what's the point of this? I have no clue. Seems I ass- like it's I assume it's like a cash grab to go off like the like um Rocket Man and Bohemian Rhapsody sort of like, Oh, this hype. is a documentary though, isn't it? No. Oh, no, it's a biopic. Yeah, it's a biopic. Oh my goodness. So I think they're trying to like capitalize on that sort of market because Who's playing David Bowie? Johnny Flynn. You recognize that name? No. I don't recognize it either. No, I'm looking at the cast of this, and I don't really recognize anyone. This is strange. A little bit. Who the fuck is this directed by? I feel like if you're going to do this, this is directed by Gabriel Range. Oh, okay. He is best known for his fictional political documentary about the assassination of George W. Bush in Death of a President. Okay. I am confused. I feel like this is another situation where, like, no half measures type of scenario. Like, no, this is like why. This is a full half measure. This, this is or, just like, what is the point of this? Yeah, it's it's a half measure. They're just doing like a. No, weird... it's no measure at all. It's no measure at all. It's no measure at all. It's no measure at all, man. Alrighty then. And that's it for the movies this week. That's a long list, and I'm sorry. It was a long list. I know. Too many movies. Okay then. Well. Let's reach back into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? 
Okay. As mentioned at the top of our show, we ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email, disciplinefocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Oliver August wrote into us, and he said, Oh my god. Hello, Split Focus. What? No robot love? You guys watch a lot of TV, but seem to be missing a really good show. Every week I expect you to mention it, but then there is silence. So I will formally suggest it. Raised by Wolves. My parents watch that. HBO production, executive producer, is Ridley Scott. Very cool, if not completely original premise. You've got space and robots and that actor from Vikings. And Warcraft. What's up with this? Why haven't you guys watched this show yet? For me, if Redley Scott is involved, it's an insta-watch. And while not everything he's ever done was amazing, it's always been worth a try. This show is one of those gems, though very Ridley-esque, in brackets, white blood, exclamation point, and well-developed. That's cool. I love white blood. The first episode is like a little movie. You get to watch the start of mankind again, raised by those that had brought about its destruction and some very interesting questions to answer about the nature of what is really happening in the setting the characters find themselves in. There's a mystery element in the plotline. One thing about it that separates it from other current shows is that there are genuinely nice people in the morally gray and dark world they present, which is a nice break from some other unrelentingly dark stories we've seen lately. The world of the future has androids capable of mimicking human emotion, though it isn't entirely clear whether they feel emotion or not. This is a pretty novel idea in the sense that the human characters constantly question this themselves. The actors portraying the androids have to cut a very fine line between emoting properly and the uncanny valley of artificial intelligence. They are better than other robots in other stories. They show human elements, but they still have to convey their mechanical nature. I think the actors view this very well. Combine a cool story, great acting, with very impressive production values, and you've got a sci-fi classic in the making. Check it out. Season 1 just ended. It's an HBO Max production, but you can view it on Crave if you're Canadian. Signed, Oliver August. Intriguing. It is, actually. That uh, that part where it's like there are genuinely nice people in the morally gray and dark world they present, that actually was like that, that tipping point where it convinced me because I was like, man, do I want to watch this? It seems like kind of bummer like depressing seems a little bleak and then as soon as you mentioned that i was like actually maybe i do want to watch this if there's going to be some like moments where you're like ah oh, that's nice yeah yeah uh again For my sure. parents watched it um i think my mom liked it i'm pretty sure she mentioned that she really liked it uh, i might be wrong about that um but yeah i don't know this looked really cool i walked in i think my parents were watching the first episode and it looked pretty wild it looked very like white and bright but maybe I was just imagining it. Maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe I'm not remembering it correctly. Who knows? Who knows the tale of my own mind? I don't. Raised by Wolves is certified fresh in Rotten Tomatoes at 78%, which is great. Hmm. I think it might be worth the watch there, buddy. Yeah. Maybe I will watch that tonight. Sounds like a good plan. Nah, I probably won't watch it tonight. It's fucking late, man. I gotta still buy a burrito or something. Maybe a shawarma. Maybe sometime this week and we can talk about it a little bit after talking about Citizen Kane. Yeah, man. All right, we gonna we gonna jump into this show? It actually ended, the last episode ended on, well, for season one specifically, on October 22nd. So not too long ago. A month ago. Almost exactly a month ago. Interesting. And if you're listening to this on the day it airs, more than a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I thank you, Oliver August, for your suggestion. I, I do appreciate it. Thank you for writing into us. I ask again, anyone who's listening to this podcast, write into us with these kinds of suggestions. 
We might just indulge your ideas to watch your favorite show. And it's true, we did seem to pass over the show. Although, I must say, he's throwing shade at us just like Kenneth Sadabauer's kind of throwing shade at us. We can't watch everything, guys. I know, like, you think we can watch every possible show and movie that you love. But we can if you suggest it. No, I can't. I I just choose not to, okay? There's a lot of good content out there all over August. Like, did you watch Fargo there, buddy? How about, uh, you know, how about Breaking Bad? Or Better Call Saul? Yeah, yeah, or the leftovers. Yeah, you, yeah, you, 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 really nice person that wrote into us. Yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah, Oliver August. Yeah, exactly. That's it. We were so threatening. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'll find you and I'll kill Has your brother. You watch those things. Have you watched Ted Lasso, there, buddy? Huh? I'll kill your. What'd you say? <laughs> I'll find you and I'll kill your brother. Whoa, that's, <laughs> that is threatening. I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to kill your brother. Wait, I feel like there's a deeper meaning there that I'm maybe missing. Maybe. I'm not sure. I think that's it for our episode. What do you think? You're going to get to eat soon. Yeah. Are you excited? Yeah. I know, because you're happy. I am, and I... I'm fuck sorry. that song, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry I went there. But, um, yeah. accepted. Thank yeah. you for listening to this 21st episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady. And this is Adrian Penter signing off. Man, I'm about to sign off here. And I'm very excited to get some food. But you know, you know, <laughs> you know who doesn't need to get food and who has, who is constantly, uh, who's con- who has a well-balanced diet, most likely. Both Batman and Superman in the hit movie, Batman v Superman. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's because they have balanced diets. They're eating delicious food. We don't see it on camera, but I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's good. Unlike this, unlike this, unlike the way I'm ending this show. Okay. What are you talking about? <laughs> no man. They clearly eat a lot of food. Did you see Ben Aff- Affleck in that movie? Yeah, he's huge. He's buff. He's a buff man. You said they don't need food because they eat balanced diets. What the hell does that even? Like mean? they don't need it right now, like me. Like they don't need to. Like eat at this moment. At this very moment. Okay, I guess I'll give it to you. Thanks. You're welcome. Fine. You want me to do something else? You want me to do something more creative than that? No, it's fine. Goodbye. Take care, guys. Take care. Goodbye. Take care. 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 Goodbye. (laughs) Jesus Christ.